You are listening to Jai Long, and this is Make Your Break. Hey, Make Your Breaker, welcome back to another episode where I'm talking everything business, talking about sales, marketing, all that good stuff that's going to help you scale up your business and build something from a hobby to something that you're fully proud of and that you can actually monetize and make money from, which is your business. Today, I'm actually talking about my first year as a seven-figure entrepreneur and what that looks like. Uh, If you didn't listen, last week I talked about my first year as a six-figure entrepreneur, so making my first $100,000 in business. So today I want to talk about making my first $1 million in business and what that looks like and the differences as well. But I'm going to go over seven different lessons that I learned in my first year of business making seven figures, which if I rewind back now, is around about four years ago. Now, a few things that people didn't know. In my first year that I made a million dollars because I made 1 million exactly from my business and then 1 million exactly from crypto and then 1 million exactly from property. And it was all because, you know, I put so, so many things out in the world years before and I built the habits and I got the knowledge and it all peaked to that one moment. So it wasn't an overnight success, but it all did just come together at this one point. But what I always say is like, it's so cool that I'm able to, and the reason why I wanted to do it is because I'm a business coach and it's so cool that I can actually um, exercise my own strategies and put things out into the world and just see how people resonate with it and how I resonate with it and if it worked and if it didn't. And I wanted to make sure that I wasn't just reading the books, I was out there doing the work, putting myself on the line so I can inspire people from a place of like, I've actually done it. I'm not just talking about theories here because I know, of course, there's a lot of business coaches out there that we all theorize so many different things or we've read those books or we watch those reels or we follow those favorite accounts and we regurgitate a lot of other people's information. But for me, it's so important that I actually get out there and I do these things and you know, I win and I fail and I do everything in between and then I can report back to you and help you along your way on your journey of building an amazing business. Now, since the first time I made seven figures in my business, we actually make about two to three million per year at the moment in the business, which might sound like a lot of money, but to be honest, it's not because we have, you know, big overheads and we've got a lot of staff and there's a lot of moving parts and there's a lot of clients and there's a lot of things. So as business expands, everything else expands and expenses expands and um, you kind of need it to be that big. And yeah, we'll talk all about that in just a moment as we go over the seven things. And I'd love to share a story of when I first made my first seven figures as well. And I hope this really does inspire you. Um, before we get into today's episode, don't forget I'm giving away a one free mentoring session. You just need to leave a review on the Apple Podcast app and then screenshot it, send it to me at jialong.co on Instagram. And there's also our work for today's episode as well. So that's just linked down below. So if you want to get onto that workbook, it's just a great little way of like keeping your notes and everything else. So uh, there's a few questions there for you, you know, to, to ask yourself as you're moving up and you're scaling up your own business. And, um, Last little thing, we are putting all this on YouTube now. So if you want to find me on the YouTube channel, obviously just type in Jai Long, maybe make your break and you're going to find me on there. So I'm really excited to see you. And then you can see me at my desk as I'm going through things and um, sitting here all awkward. I find I don't know why, but I find it really awkward to talk in front of a camera, even though it makes no difference. But you can have a look at the awkwardness. So I invite you over there. So uh, without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Okay, first of all, before we get started into the seven different lessons that I learned as an entrepreneur, I want to talk about my first year of making seven figures and how that worked out. Now, if you didn't know, if I rewind, if you didn't know, uh, when I was 20, 21, um, I had my first business and I went bankrupt. I've had businesses for 17 years and I have really, like I'm the definition of like work hard sometimes and not work smart. Like I've shown up and I've just worked and worked and worked and we'll talk about that today. But uh, for some reason... When I remember in my 20s, I had this goal and this dream. And for some reason, I always thought when I hit 30 years old, I was going to be a millionaire. And I was convinced that I was going to be. And, um, and I was going to retire as well. Little did I know a million dollars doesn't really get anyone to retire at 30 years old. But, you know, I was naive. And so my wife actually sent me a party, a 30th party, and it was the retirement party. And so everyone had to dress, you know, like um, themed with floral shirts and look like they're on holidays because everyone's retiring. And I remember I went to that party and I actually, a little bit of me just felt really disappointed. I know I shouldn't have, but I really did. I was like, I was like, I know we're all joking that I always said that I was going to retire at 30 and I was going to be a millionaire at 30, but why didn't it actually happen? And when that happened, I really started reflecting and I started thinking about like, 
Well, of course it didn't happen. I didn't actually plan for it to happen. Like I talked about it, but I didn't put a plan into place. I didn't put a goal into place. I didn't take action on that goal. There wasn't a clear strategy. I was literally just hoping for the best. So I made it a point that year that I was going to do it. I was going to do it as soon as possible. I want to make a million dollars as fast as I can. So there's a few things that I did. And so for one, back in 2019, the first thing that I did was I was really busy, but I wanted, like I was shooting weddings and I was shooting so many weddings. Like at that time, 2019, I was probably making about 500,000 per year in my wedding photography business. So business was going good. It's not like I wasn't successful at that point. Okay. I'm not, I'm not saying that I was like poor and, you know, just struggling, but that's kind of where I was. So one of the first things that I did is for years, I've been studying crypto, cryptocurrency. And I was like, I, I think I know that it's going to be going up, you know, by next year to the year after. And based off all my maths and my theories, I was like, for sure, I 100% believe it would. Even though I was making a lot of money, I wasn't making enough money to put somewhere to, um, to invest though, because everything's gone back into my second shooters and editors and everything else, okay? So what I did was, I hosted some workshops that year and I worked extra, you know, so even though I was working so much, I just worked extra, hosted some workshops. And from that workshop income, I made roughly around $50,000. So hard cash, $50,000 in my business. And with that money, what I said was, because this is not the money that I was making from my main business, this is sort of my side hustle. I'm going to put all of it that I make into and buy Bitcoin and a few other coins in cryptocurrency, like all of it doesn't matter if I lose it all, but that's all I'm doing. So it kind of gamified it for me. I put all my money into it and it was really fun. And, um, and then by the end of the year, I had 50,000 in cryptocurrency and I felt really good about it. And that was that, you know, rewind a few years before that, um, I did buy some properties and stuff. So I did talk about making some money in properties and obviously here in Australia in 2020, like properties really boom, especially the places that I bought. So that really helped as well. Now in my business, in 2019, I decided, you know what, I'm going to pivot into education. Um, 2019, end of 2019, we made our first courses and I was like, I'm going to go all in on education because for me, you know, I felt like my superpowers wasted a little bit with wedding photography because I was so good at being able to help other people make money from what they do. And I've always, my superpowers always been able to make money and sales, like that is my superpower. So I wanted to spread that far and wide and my workshops were super successful. And I was like, the more people that I help, um, I started my podcast, the more people that I help, the more success I will get as well. So I wanted to really, really help people take their business to another level. And I worked out, I could do that through courses. I could do that through online coaching. I could reach more people around the world. And so in 2020, I made a commitment. I told everyone, I'm going to make a million dollars this year. And that's my number one goal. And I'm not going to deviate from it and everything else. Now, the year started off strong, but around about February, March, I don't know if you remember this, but we went into a huge lockdown because of COVID. I had like retreats around the world booked in. I had a lot of work booked in. And when all that hit, I gave back around about $100,000 worth of refunds from weddings and probably roughly around $20,000, $30,000 refunds of workshops that I booked in for New York and Los Angeles and places in Sydney, places I couldn't go to, couldn't travel to anymore. And so my hopes and dreams started off with, oh my God, we're going to like, you know, hit a million dollars, I'm going to make it happen to bank account went down literally almost down to zero and I had staff members and everything like that and it became so hard. So that year, I remember like feeling a bit of pity and thinking like, well, okay, it's not going to happen, is it? And then I started thinking about that and I was like, why am I playing the victim here? Like, why is this outside influence? Why is that influencing me? It shouldn't influence me. Um, I got to work on what's on my, in my control. So I pivoted everything and I was like, okay, well, what I'm going to do, and I talked to my staff members, I'm like, whatever money we got left, we just need to like go all in and we're going to launch a program, the program that we're going to build, we've got to fast track everything. We've got to get it out there before it's polished and before it's finished. And we've got to start making an impact because people need help now. Like if I need help, then people really need help. Now, the next trend that I've seen is when people really needed help in 2020, there was a lot of educators that I really looked up to. And what I noticed is all those educators, they went into that victim mode and mentality where they stopped all their workshops, they stopped their conferences, their online stuff. And they were complaining just like everybody else was complaining. And I was like, oh my God, these people that I'm looking up to, if, if you can't even look up to them in a time of crisis, then when could you look up to them? You know? So that was my thinking. And I was like, people need more help than they ever need right now. And if I could show up for them, then people will show up for me. 
So we invested all of our money, all of our time, and we just went hard. And to be honest, the million dollars and the goal kind of just went pretty much back seat because I was just like adamant I need to make an impact and I need to help as many people as I can. But remember, there was no big conferences anymore. There was no in-person workshops. There was no retreats. And so from that, we launched um, the biggest uh, conference, online conferences, the first of its kind. Um, I know a lot of people do it now, but first of its kind. And we launched this thing and um, we sold tickets as cheap as we could that made sense to me, which was $7. And we had a VIP upgrade. And then um, we had about 8,000 people sign up to that. And it was just a vibe. And like, we helped so many people. I actually showed up and did more free mentoring sessions than I've ever done in 2020. So everyone that really needed help, like I walked people through on like how they should give refunds or they shouldn't or what they, how to navigate that whole situation. And um by the end of the year, we onboarded probably like maybe 10, 11,000 different clients over our, over our different, you know, cheaper, obviously products, more expensive products. But we, we went amazing because we invested everything back in, put it all back into ads and we just kept investing, kept investing. And this is no word of a lie. And the reason why I want to share this story, like we made such an impact that year and like a pro, I think a profound impact on the whole um, industry because people that didn't know me before knew me after that year because it was like, who's this relentless guy that's spending more ads when everyone else has gone quiet, you know, or while all the other educators are, you know, they're all closed up shop. There's like, here's one guy that literally showed up and went hard before, even though like I looks like I was going to lose it all. Like I just went all in anyway, regardless, there was no saving that year. It was like expand while everybody else is retracting. So something, the reason why that works so well for me is because there's something that I learned over my experience of 17 years of being an entrepreneur. So that's the thing. It's like you've been an entrepreneur for that long. You can start identifying when you need to be expanding and what you need to be doing. Where I knew even like a lot of the other educators, like they've been around for like three years or five years, but they don't really have the experience to show up in a situation like that. So I had the advantage. Okay. So just putting it out there, I had the privilege and the advantage that I've been able to be an entrepreneur for so long. Now, this is what happened at the end of that year. Me and my wife weren't together because she was, uh, I think she went to a music festival and then I needed to go home because I don't know why, but for some reason we're always together at um, New Year's. But this New Year's, I can't remember what it was, but for some reason she was doing something and I was doing something. And I remember I was at home by myself and I opened up the laptop and I was like reflecting on the year. I was actually really exhausted. I was like, man, we showed up. We did so much. Like I was really energized. The community was pumped and like, it felt really good. And I opened up my laptop and I opened up my Stripe account and I opened up the bank account. And I, to honest to God, I didn't even really look at it for the year. Like we were just hustling, going for it. I opened it up and that day the Stripe account turned over exactly $1 million. So this is the 31st of December, 2020, $1 million that we collected that year in the business. And I know that's not like hard cash collected, but that was like, my goal was to bring in a million dollars in my business. And how could I do it? Now, if I reflect back and I just had a moment, it was like, you know, it's one of those moments. Like I have these moments when I fail like really hard and I sit there and I'm like, what, what did I do wrong? Or like, how could I have done something better? But this moment was, was different. It was like, it was like I proved, I broke my own limiting beliefs and I proved to myself that I was capable and I proved to myself that I was worthy and that I did make a difference. And, and I think one thing was like, I proved to myself the value I put into the world that year. That's what it felt like because I showed up and I showed up regardless and relentless for everybody. And then I felt like at the end of the year, I was like, I also reached my goals. So I helped other people reach their goals and I also reached my goals, which was, which was just amazing. Now, when I think back at the start of that year though, I literally, I did have doubts. Like I did think it's impossible, but I'm going to try anyway. And I did everything in my power to not watch the news, not look around, not watch social media. Like everyone's complaining about things. Everyone's complaining about each other, not wearing masks or them sneaking out of their homes or like whatever it was, man, there was just, you know, there was so much going on. And I was like, just turn it all off and just focus on the good and focus on my surroundings and what I can do in my impact and my economy, like focus on my economy. And um, from that, I found those relentless people that were eager to do the exact same. And they, right now, so many people that I worked with in 2020 are thriving this year. And I know there will be next year and the year after because they came from a place when everyone else was retracting, a lot of businesses went out and they expanded and they blew up, which is really, really cool. 
So I wanted to share that with you, like how um, my first year of making seven figures and what that looked like. And um, to be honest, like I did a, a lot of uncomfortable things. Like there was, like just to name a couple, there was one moment when I just had like maybe I think $30,000 in the bank account after we did a bit of a launch. And I was like, I need to know a few little things to be able to expand because obviously I didn't know how to make seven figures. So I signed up to a coach and um, he cost me $20,000 and everyone thought I was mad. I was like, they're like, you got $30,000 left to your name. And don't forget, I've got employees and stuff. So there's not a lot of money, man. Like that's going to last me like not even a month, right? So $30,000 and then I spent 20 of it on a coach and I learned a few things and that really did help me. So that was like one huge thing. Another thing was we made $100,000 on one of the launches from the Six Figure Business Map when we first like sort of kicked it out. And then I repumped that $100,000 back into Facebook ads for the Wedding Photography Summit. So every scrap of money that came in, we went straight back out. And so I wasn't holding back at all. I was all my eggs into one basket and going really hard on it. Now, here's another little bonus thing. The end of 2020, or maybe it was this, um, yeah, end of 2020, um, cryptocurrency started really going hard and the coins that I bought just skyrocketed. And um, at the end of the year, we, I was like screenshotting my account and I just wasn't selling, just wasn't selling. And when it hit exactly $1 million that I made from cryptocurrency, then I sold, you know, I think that day, which was like perfect timing. But um, it was just wild to see that. And then obviously my property, was, like I didn't sell anything, but I just went and got them reevaluated from where they were. There was like about a million dollars of equity made. So it literally felt like I went from having nothing and it's been impossible to like, whoa, I could not believe just showing up and spreading, you know, light and value into the community just and into the world, just like how much that could come back. My belief is always like you give and give and give and some way the universe always works out a way to give back to those that show up like that. And, you know, for me, like everything's abundance. And I've been working on my mindset for over 10 years. So it's been an amazing journey. And right now I get to share it with other people and it feels amazing, literally so amazing that I get to share it from a place that I've done it and I did the work and I did those, you know, sleepless nights and, and I had those big risks and all the things that I had to do, you know, that year, like I, I'm not really sharing you the down moments, but um, I had a big educator that tried to blackmail me and I had, you know, people threatened to take me to court and I had like, you know, so many massive things that happened. I had a, a webinar that I sold tickets to that like our internet just cut out and then we broke the service because there was too many people signing up to it and, Man, we had so many things. So it was it was not like it was just like smooth sailing. And at the end of the year, I was like, sweet. It was like, I was frazzled because I was like, man, not only was I dealing with my own stuff and like with COVID and being locked down and, and like my own mental health, like I was dealing with a whole community's mental health. I was listening to everybody. I was doing all the extra coaching calls. Like I was doing coaching calls every week or every second week or something. I was doing one-on-one -on -one sessions for people that needed it. Um, there was just, it was a lot, man, I got to say. Okay, so let's talk about um, let's talk about this. One thing I want to say is, if you want to make a million dollars per year, just an easy way of looking at this is, you need to make roughly around five hundred dollars per hour each and every working hour of the year. This is a really good thing for you to know because if right now you don't make five hundred dollars any hour. You're probably never going to get there. But also if you are always working on low value tasks that you can outsource to people and for less than $500, then you probably should do that because it's the easiest way to get there. Now, high value tasks, like I even realized this when I was shooting weddings. I was like, when I'm shooting weddings, if I'm actually on the camera shooting the wedding, I'm getting paid roughly $500 per hour. And so when I thought about that, I'm like, well, then all I need to do is shoot more weddings and I don't need to do the editing or anything else. So that's how I scaled up to 500,000 per year in my wedding photography business, because all I did was shoot weddings. So I shoot them on Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays, Sundays, and then I'll just pass it to editors because they were way less than $500 per hour. So it made no sense for me to do it. So now today, whenever I'm doing anything, I think about, is this worth at least $500 per hour? And if it's not, it's not even worth me even showing up for. And you need more than $500 per hour. I do anyway, um, because $500 now, I mean, I need to pay taxes on that. And, you know, I've got staff, I've got everything. So $500 per hour, each and every working hour. Obviously, if I'm going to go speak on a stage or 
um, if I'm going to travel somewhere and do something, like I have that in my mind all the time. Like, okay, so $500 an hour, I'm flying to Europe. That's going to take me 12 hours to fly there. It's going to cost this much money, you know, so I'm always basing it off that. So if there's a task like me getting back to emails or doing posts on social media or whatever it is, and I could get someone to do it for less than $500, then I probably will. And that's why I do hire people. So then that way I'm always in my genius zone of like I'm creating courses or I'm doing, you know, funnels or I'm doing marketing, the things that bring me in $500 per hour. So something just to remember for you, because it's, I think it's just an easy one to um, know, like where the benchmark is. And maybe that might make it easier for you. It might make it harder. I know for myself, it makes it easier because when I think of a million dollars, personally, I think it's a lot of money and I think it's like impossible to reach. I'm like, wow, that's like $100,000 a month I have to start trying to make, you know, like twenty to $25,000 per week. It's impossible. Like right now, like it feels impossible. But um, if I think $500 per hour is all I need to bring in, then I'm like, sweet. Also, if you hear my dog snoring, she is right behind me snoring right there. So that's what that noise is. So let's talk about it. Lesson one. Lesson one was, I, I actually did allude to this in the story before, but is you must make a plan and it won't just happen. Like an unrealistic goal means you need to take unrealistic actions. This is really, really important. If you don't have a plan and you don't have a goal, like if you don't have a goal, if you don't have a target, you can't hit if there's no target, like it's literally impossible. If the target's blurry, it's almost impossible to hit it as well. So I think you need to have a clear goal and a clear target, and then you need a clear plan. Um, for me, like the target was really easy. It's like, I wanted to make a million dollars at the end of the year. And then my target shifted and I was like, I want to make the biggest impact in the community this year. With those two targets and those two goals, it was really easy for me to show up and make it happen because there wasn't tons of metrics and things that I had to sort of think about. It was just the one or two things. So you need to have a clear plan. If you don't, you won't get there. Now I say this because I hear people when they start businesses and a lot of times they don't have plans. I'm like, so what's your plan to make your first 100,000? What's your plan to scale up to 200? What's your plan to scale up to 500? What's your plan to get to a million? What's your exit plan? Like no one really knows anything. They're like, well, I just started and I'm just guessing. I'm hoping one day I join a course or I do something, but there's not any plan of action. And so it's kind of like, if you jump in your car and you wanna go somewhere new, and if you don't use Google Maps or Apple Maps or Navman or whatever it is that you use, if you don't use a navigation system or a map, you're probably going to take a long time to get there and you're probably going to get lost. Like it's pretty safe to say, I'm like, well, it's going to be hard for you to find that place, you know. But if you've got navigation, it tells you literally everything. It tells you if there's traffic, if there's a delay, it tells you the best route possible. Like it tells you everything, it tells you where the speed cameras are. No more guesswork. And so when you're driving, you live in the dream when you can just follow Navman or Google Maps because there's no guesswork. You can literally listen to your favorite podcast, listen to some music. But if you had a map there in front of you and you're trying to frantically open it and you're lost and you don't know where you're going, like think about the state of mind that you're in. You're probably going to have anxiety. You're going to be frustrated. It's going to be really hard. Like when you've got no clarity, just to understand where should you go? Like other things start coming in. Like what happens if I run out of phone battery? What happens if I just like, you know, how do I get back to where I was? Like so many other things will come into your mind. So with business, it's very much the same thing. So again, if you don't have a clear vision and you can't imagine it happening for you, then it's a simply, it just, I, I hate saying it like this, but let's give you some hard truth. It just won't happen. Like it won't, like, unless you're some special person that like, you know, I just can't see it happening. For me, that was the case anyway. Like without a plan, without me knowing where to go, the step-by-step, step, honestly, and without me envisioning that it could happen for myself, like believing that it, it was my time, it was possible, it just wouldn't have happened for me. But like I showed up because I was relentless and I was like, I'm doing this, man. Like, and to full transparency right now, I have the same feeling. We always have the same feeling. I had the same feeling when I made my first 100,000. I had the same feeling when I made the first $10,000 in my business. Then I had the same feeling when I made my first 100,000. I had the same feeling when I made the first million. Right now, I am trying to build a business that will get to $10 million per year. I've got the same feeling right now. It's like, man, I need that plan. I need to get clarity. Like I'm doing, it's just rinse and repeat. You're doing the same thing. There's a few different tweaks, but you're basically doing the same thing. Lesson two. Lesson two is a big one, but you should know this by now. Um, lesson two is sales. 
So with the last week's episode, we're gonna talk about your first 100K. I did talk about it's like it's easy to do because you can just sort of, you can tear, rip, bust your way through 100K and just like do it with sheer grit and you can get yourself there and not really know anything. I think with like scaling yourself up to a, to a million dollars, I believe you need to be good at sales. The reason being is because you even need to sell a lot of things at high volume or you need to sell a few things at high price, which both are really hard to sell. So that's why like a lot of people don't have a million dollars. So if you need to sell a lot of things at high volume, means you need to be really good at sales, especially if people don't have money, they're harder to sell to. So if they don't have money, they're more skeptical, they're more willing to hang on to their money opposed to like give it to you. Um, it's harder to make a sale. But if someone has money, it's always easier. They've got more abundance mindset. They're there for, a, they usually, you know, they respect their time. They're there for a reason. They're not usually price shopping. They're not usually window shopping. Like they're intentional, but you still need that trust. You still need the good communication and you do need really good sales skills. I believe that's the difference between someone that's maybe making hundred K and someone that's making a million and myself compared to someone that's making 10 million. It's their ability to show up and sell. They're better at sales. Like someone that's making $10 million right now is better at sales than I am. They can reach more people. They can do, they're better at business. Okay. That's just the truth of that. So for me to get there, I need to be better at business and I always need to learn more sales. Hey, Make Your Breakers, if you want to download a workbook for today's episode, just go to jialong.co forward slash 260. That's jialong.co forward slash 260. You can download it and you can fill in all the little sections for your goals so you can have a successful 2024. Now, I know so many of you guys, you're creatives and you're thinking, man, sales is not something I want to learn. And in fact, I cringe. Like I think about salesy people. Honestly, what sales really is, and I'm going to talk deep on this over this year. So I want you to tune into the Make Your Break podcast. Okay. Because I'm going to really go hard on this because at the end of this year, I want you to fall in love with sales. I want to make like my mottos, like let's make in 2024 sales cool for creatives. Sales is literally you being sold on you. It's you being the best version of yourself. It's you trusting yourself and then allowing people in and then people trusting you. People are skeptical on people that are con artists or people that don't trust themselves or people that have imposter syndrome or people, you know, whatever it is, people are unsure about their prices. Like if that's you, people won't trust you. But if you are sold on your prices, on your products, on your services, on what you do, on you showing up, your abilities, your skills, like all these things, if you're sold on it, other, you don't even need to make a sale. Because other people want to buy from people that are sold on themselves. They want to be part of that. They don't want to buy from someone that wouldn't even buy from themselves. So that's why being the best version of yourself and putting that forward and communicating with other people, sales literally is the most important thing. If I can sell you on my ideas, on you know my ideation, my values, on my product, like of course I'm going to win the game. The more people I can sell to, the higher your business can make. So lesson two was learn sales. If you want to make a million dollars, I know most people always think like, oh no, Jai, it's just the funnel or it's just this. Man, I know people that have amazing funnels and they don't have a following and they don't have any money. Or maybe they've got a big following and they literally got no money. They don't know this, but the reason why they got no money is because they're bad at sales. It's one lesson. And here's the kicker. It would take you roughly around 20 hours for you to fully learn sales and fundamentally change your business. Like that's all you need. It's not like you need to be doing it for like 10,000 hours and need to be the full expert. Like you already know business, you're already doing business. If you just learned that one skill, communicating, leadership, like all this stuff comes down to sales. You know, you being the best version of yourself. So I just wanted to leave that one there, but that is I would say one of the biggest lessons and one of the most tangible things when it comes to like, how am I going to make a million in my business? Okay, lesson three, it's going to be a numbers game. It always is. Okay, so let's think about it and let's break it down. If you want to make $1 million, that's roughly around a $100 product sold 10,000 times, which to be honest, that can be pretty hard. Okay, or it's $1 million is... $500 product sold 2000 times. Wow. Like that gets easier. Or $1 million a year at a thousand dollar product only sold a thousand times. Like that's get, starting to get much easier. If you think about, if you got like 20,000 followers on Instagram, that's starting to get into the realm of what you could possibly do. Million dollar year is 
$2,000 product 500 times or a $3,000 product 334 times or a $10,000 product at 100 times. Now, when I think about this, for me, I already know that the easier one for me is like the $10,000 product 100 times or even like $100,000 products would be easier for me. Like if I, for instance, as a business coach, took on 10 clients this year and said, I'm just working with 10 clients. I am going to make you a million dollars per year in your business. It's going to cost you $100,000. If I don't get there and make you an additional million dollars per year, then you, you will get a full refund on that million, on that 100,000. In fact, you don't actually have to pay me until I produce the 1 million. So there's no risk for you. Like if I came to you with, you know, something like that, then I know there'll be 10 people in the world. They'll say, Jai, I will definitely give you a hundred thousand dollars based on the fact that if you don't make me a million dollars, you're going to not even charge me. And it's an additional on top of whatever I'm already making on my business or make no difference to my business right now. I would definitely pay you that. So when you think about that, it gets easier and easier. I already know that's a clear map. That's a really easy way for me to make a million dollars right now. Okay. I already know I can do that. So What's harder for me though is when I think about, okay, what if I got a $100 product and I'm going to sell it 10,000 times? For me, personally, I think that's really hard. That's easy if you've got like a million followers on Instagram or something. But if you don't have a huge following, getting just 10,000 people to convert means you've got to be amazing at sales and you've got to be, and you've got to have a really good audience, like a really big audience or a big ad spend as well to like expand your audience and put on ads and things like that. So it gets expensive where I know if I'm, if I'm charging a hundred thousand dollars, I already know that I probably don't need to spend ads on that because I do know 10 people. I know at least five people that would sign up to that, but I know an additional five people that could talk and share that and I would get work. I know I would. I know someone from this podcast, I know someone's out there listening going like, yes, sign me up to that. hundred percent, I would do that. I mean, why wouldn't you, you know? So it's a numbers game. So I want you to think about your numbers. Is it possible right now? So if you're, for instance, a service-based business, you're like, oh man, like that means like, you know, I sell a service of, I am a graphic designer and I charge $2,000 for rebrands. And that means I've got to have 500 clients. Like, is that possible for you? Um, even if you charge $10,000 for a rebrand and could you get a hundred clients? Um, and what would that look like? Could you do it yourself? Would you need to hire people? And don't forget, like maybe you can hire people. Maybe you can do something else to get to that number, but it's an easy place to start of like, what is the sales that need to come in? Don't forget like sales is business, right? Like there's literally what business is. If you don't have a sale and there's no sales coming into your business, you've got a hobby. Like there's no money there. So when I think about this, like lesson three and lesson two is sort of the same thing. It's just you're giving yourself the sales direction. Like how many sales do I need to make? Which is what business is. So in this instance, I'm saying if I could sell 110K programs or 10K services, whatever it is, then I know that I'm going to have a million dollar year. Lesson four, this one is going to blow your mind, but one product less is more. What's really interesting is when you first start as an entrepreneur, you get obsessed with complexity. Like you love it. I don't know why. You have two Instagram accounts. You want to start a third. You got three websites. You want, you got like 10 services. You do branding and photography and you do newborn shoots and you do weddings and you do elopements and you do this and you do that and you do everything, which is great. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't do that because it's great for our creativity. It's great for us to learn um, our limits, um, our uh, abilities. Like it's, it's great for us to learn. But when you start scaling, what happens is complexity is the oil to the water of scaling. <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense, but complexity is the enemy of scaling. That's what I was trying to get to. Complexity is the enemy of scaling. So every time you have a new product and you add an additional product, that means you need to market that additional product. That means you need to bring in more people for that product. Means you need more buying information. Means you need more tech support or you need some more admin support or you're going to have more emails or it means you've got to do more work. Like it adds everything in. If you add in another Instagram account, you've got two Instagram accounts because you don't want to add in confusion. It means now you've got to talk to two different audiences. You've got to create content for both of them. You've got to have a content strategy for both of them. You've got to show up on both of them. And if you're not even showing up on one, how do you think two is going to do? What happens is we always think it's going to add on more income, but it halves your income because it doubles the work that you're doing and halves the impact. Does that make sense? So when you first start, we always think adding all more things and that means it's going to double our income. It actually does the opposite. 
So one product is less is more when you want to scale up. The simpler it is, the more that people understand what it is that you sell. Now, for me, I had a whole bunch of products. I remember I had like the album academy and posing and lighting and I had like presets and I had just so many different things. And when I realized this, I was like, man, having all these small little things around the place is like hindering my growth. If I just say, I've got the six-figure business map, that's it. And I only share reviews from that. I only have people on the podcast from that. Like I only talk about that. I only have ads going to that. Like everything's to do with that one thing guess what? People know me for that one thing. It's really easy. It takes out all complexity. It streamlines all our admin. It makes marketing and sales so much easier, especially sales. Everything becomes easy. Our clients know what we do. They know how, the results that we can get them. They know where we're at. They know when they're going to come and find us. They're already saving money for it, like all that kind of stuff. And it means everything's easy. Like it becomes really, really easy. Then of course, as you go down the track, you can add in more products, which we will be doing this year because you can afford to, because you can hire more people. But if it was just me and maybe just a small team, like one product is the easiest way for me to scale up to a bigger number. So lesson four is when you're first starting out, your first zero to 100K, you probably find yourself doing a lot of things with a lot of brands and a lot of businesses, a lot of projects, a lot of products, a lot of services, and you want to add more and you're feeling like more packages, you know, more everything. It's good that you're doing that because it's exactly where you need to be. You need to test the waters and you need to see what works. And as you get to 100K, I mean, 1 million, you're going to go simple, simple scales. It's really important to remember, and I know you've probably heard a lot of people say this, but honestly, it's the truth. Simple scales. If you've got a trillion different webinars out there, you've got a trillion different services, no one knows what it is that you do and you don't even know what it is that you do or what you should be working on. You're halving your impact every time you add something else in. And so think about it. The more things that you're adding in, that impact halves and halves again and halves again and halves again until nobody knows what it is that you do and you will lose the game. Lesson Five, drop low value tasks and low value products. And this is so hard to do. When I decided to do, you know, the million dollars, like there was so many things I had to drop. And one thing was not even on purpose, but I dropped weddings, but I did do the next year. I did drop it. I was like, this is not worth my time anymore. It just wasn't in line with what I wanted to do. And it was, I was like really passionate about photography. So I didn't want to lose that passion, like a whole bunch of things, right? But here's a few other things that I dropped in 2021 or 2022. Like I was doing a lot of one-on-one mentoring sessions and I charged between $500 and $1,000 for, you know, a 45-minute session to sit down with me. Um, I did back then. I do charge more now if I do, which I barely ever, ever do. But it came to a point where I was like, well, I know this is making us a lot of money in our business. And I'm going to say no to it now because me sitting here doing this is not scaling the business, not growing the business. And yeah, it's worth $500 per hour. But for me to make multiple millions in my business, I need $500 is no longer enough per hour for me to sustain my crew and all the things that we're doing. So what happens is you want to say yes because the money's there and it's so enticing and it's so hard to say no and it's so hard to trust yourself. You know, it's like, why would I get rid of something that was making me $100,000 per year? It makes no sense. But you've got to get rid of the things, even if they're making you a lot of money, to make space for the bigger things that the universe has got there ready for you. And I think this is really important. You know, even when I first started, like all my friends were like, Jai, you should get sponsors for the workshops and you should get sponsors for the podcast and you should have ads running on everything. And, and to be honest, I haven't really run ads on anything. We never really get any sponsors for anything. And the reason being is because I think it just adds in complexity. I'm like, this is a low value task because instead of me doing that, I could just sponsor it with my own products you know, build my own thing out. Like I spend more time on building that than managing all of our affiliates and partners and everything else, like build our thing. And so for me, like, you know, if said gallery is going to pay me $5 a click because they come over or like $50 a month because someone signed up to some, you know, shitty affiliate link thing and I'm showing it on Instagram, like talk about the lowest value thing I could be possibly doing, which is interesting because I actually see most people doing this. Like most educators, they're just, they're like, hyped on getting sponsorships and i would say like sponsorship 
is one of the things that keeps you small and keeps you playing small, honestly, unless you get to like Mr. Beast size. And even Mr. Beast talks about it right now. Literally, I watched a video of him the other day and he said, one of the things which is really hard, is like, there's no sponsors that will pay me how much I'm actually worth to get this amount of views. And if you don't know who Mr. Beast is, he's the most followed person on, Inst- on YouTube. And I resonated with it as well. I was like, man, the thing, the amount that like all these brands want to pay me, it's literally nothing. And it's literally the lowest value thing. If I just sold one product, like one more of my product, I make way more money. And then everyone knows what I'm selling again. And I'm not shilling things that I don't believe in. And I'm not some rep or an ambassador for some thing that's, you know, I'm some massive company that I personally don't believe in. So drop those low value things, man. If you're not getting paid much from a sponsor, just drop them. If you don't really get any return from your social media channel, drop it. If you're doing one-on-one mentoring and it just makes you no money, drop it. If you've got products in your shop right now that don't sell, drop them. Because the reason that they're sitting there and they're selling is because everyone's confused. And if they're confused, they're not gonna buy anything. So you're better off having one good thing than having a whole lot of low value things that no one's going to buy, no one's going to see. If you've got a service-based business and you've got services that people, you know, sometimes they sign up to, but it's just really hard, but it makes you a little bit of money, drop it. Make space. If you want to, this is this is only advice if you want to scale your business. If you want to scale your business, you've got to drop those low value things that are bringing in some money and it's enticing. You're looking at the shiny object syndrome. It's like, ooh, there's an extra 50 grand for my business. I'll be mad to say no to 50 grand. But you saying yes to 50 grand means you're saying no to 500,000, you know, so, or a million. So that's the way that I look at it. When I say, and, I, and my, don't get me wrong, my team, my staff, everybody always say like, Jai, you should be doing one-on-one mentoring and stuff. It is so hard to go against everybody, but I also know that me thinking this way, going against everybody all the time is the reason why I can make multiple millions of dollars and I can be in the position that I am because I do think differently. So I'm giving you this advice from a place of experience and I've done it over and over and over. This is not reading from the books and from the billionaires and listening to the podcast or anything else. Lesson six is leverage. Uh, Someone once said, you could pick up the world if you had a big enough lever. Now, I don't know if you know what leverage is, but leverage is literally like, if you try and pick up something heavy, you put a lever on it, the longer the lever is, the easier it is to pull, the easier it is to, to pick up. So with that business, it's exactly the same. And so leverage is one of the most important things for you to get to a million and plus, especially plus. Like I actually think I could do a whole podcast on me trying to work out how to make 10 million, but leverage is, would be my lesson number one, lesson in sales. Um, sale, sales and leverage would be like my two big ones that I know is going to get me there. So leverage is you could leverage your network, you leverage, you leverage other people's network, your audience, um, their audience, your reputation, other people's reputations, your skills, other people's skills. Like leverage is like, right now I leverage by like hiring team members. Like I can leverage them going to university, like their degrees, their mindset, their skill set, their time, like everything that they're doing. So I'm leveraging by like rewarding them in money and rewarding them in an amazing environment to work in, like all that kind of stuff. If I can collaborate with other people, so I can leverage, let's say if I'm on YouTube, for instance, I could jump on another YouTube channel of someone that's in a similar niche to, as me with a similar audience. And then we could cross pollinate and, you know, interview each other or like do a video together. And then we're going to cross pollinate the audience. I could do the same on my podcast or my Instagram, literally a podcast. Like I get people on here all the time and then they share it with their audience and their friends, you know, that they're on my podcast. And so you're leveraging and it just goes on and on and on. So leverage is a big thing because I think when you're from zero to hundred K, you feel like you want to be self-made and you do everything yourself and you wouldn't hire anyone and no one knows better than you and no one can do it better than you. And it's, it's one thing you probably say when you're from zero to hundred K, it's like, it's easier for me to do everything than try and teach someone else to do it. You know, we're like so stuck with this ego when we're like at that level. But when you break free of the egos, when you break free of your ceiling of income as well, and that's when you go, oh, I am not the best and I need the best. Who are the best and how can I facilitate them to do the best possible job and you know thrive in this role in working here with us? So I believe leverage, lesson six, is a game changer. Lesson seven, this one's the last lesson. And this one, bear with me, because I actually heard this one on a podcast and it made me think, I'm going to probably butcher it and it's going to sound weird and wrong. So just bear with me, okay? It's inequality. Now, on this podcast, they were talking about it in a positive way and I want to share positive and negative. Before we get started, I typed in 
inequality into Google and it just came up. Inequalities based on income, sex, age, disability, sexual orientation, race, class, ethnicity, religion, and opportunity. Continues to persist across the world. Inequality threatens long-term social and economic development, harms poverty, reduces and destroys people's sense of fulfillment and self-worth. Now, I want to show you another little thing on it as well. So this is the definition. Inequality refers to the phenomenon of unequal and or unjust distribution of resources and opportunity among members of a given society. Now, I know everyone talks about this in a a negative way and I want to talk about it in a positive way. So I want to preface this of saying, I understand why, I understand how this is a negative thing and everyone talks about it in a negative way and I understand that whole side of things. I want to say, here's a positive spin on it. What's really weird, and I don't know if this is positive, this is just different. What's really weird is there's inequality well, if you have a look, inequality refers to the phenomenon of unequal distribution of resources. So what happens is we have this uneven distribution of resources. And if you understand this, you will show up and work differently. You kind of want inequality in what you do in a sense of most people around you will always say, show up and work hard, work hard and you'll be rewarded. What's really interesting is someone sitting next to somebody else, someone may be perceived as not working hard, but they're going to get a lot more money because they got, maybe they got different skills, like maybe sales skills, it's leadership, you know, there's a CEO, there's something else. So inequality, when it comes to this, it's like you want the pendulum to swing over to you having inequality with everybody else. And the reason why you have that is because you have set up a system where you're Input versus output doesn't make any sense. So the inequality between input and output is completely wrong. So this is where it comes in. Think about this. Someone on a shovel digging a trench all day long, that's their direct input. And then the output is they get a trench and let's say they get $100 for the day. It's pretty unfair. So that's a direct result. So maybe someone over here, let's say you've got a software company and you're sitting on the computer all day and maybe you did a few different things, a few different tweaks, but you got paid $20,000 for the day. The reason being is because you get a lot of clients. And so one little change, it brought in a lot of different people. So between those two people, they're both working really hard, but there's a massive inequality between who gets paid the most. But what's really interesting is it's about like your input versus output. Most people, especially when you hit 100, like from zero to 100K, We always think the harder that I work, the earlier that I wake up, the harder that I work, the more that I'll get paid, the more that I'll get rewarded. But when you work out this inequality thing, you start going like, wait, the harder that I work, the world's not fair. I don't actually get paid more. It doesn't work like that. The smarter that I work, the more that I get paid. The right skill sets that I work on, the more that I get paid. The right vessel, the right business that I work in, or I start and I build, the more that I get paid. You know, the more people I can serve, the more that I get paid, the more people I can sell my product to, the more that I can get paid. And so there's an inequality between the work that you actually do to what you actually get rewarded. And so you see someone like, let's say for instance, Mark Zuckerberg makes billions of dollars, but he built one app, one app, and then that just runs forever because it's completely different. He's not getting rewarded for how much work he put into the app. Does that make sense? So when I worked this out, the mindset shift was, oh, so the world's not fair. And if you do just work really, really, really hard all the time, you may not get anything for that work. Like it may not work in your favor. It may not work out. And maybe that's not the right way. And I've seen a lot of people, a lot of people around me that work so hard, so incredibly hard, the most talented photographers I've ever seen, the most hardworking educators, the most hardworking teachers, the most hardworking, you know, designers, like they don't get paid the most. So it starts making me think input doesn't verse output. Like the work that you put into it's not going to verse work um, how much is in your bank account. So we need to work really smart. We need to work on leverage need to work on dropping low value tasks. We need to work on one product at a time, less is more. We need to work on the numbers. We need to work on the sales and we need to have a plan. And if you can do all these things, it doesn't matter how much actual work you put into it because it's going to be completely unfair compared to somebody else. So I hope I didn't butcher that, but the reason why I want to share that 
even though I feel like um, it could be a touchy subject, especially for a lot of people, there's so much inequality out there and, and obviously it's all unfair. And I'm literally sitting here saying like, well, sometimes you want it to be unfair. You want to build something where how much work you put into it, how much you get from the work is is unfair. Like you didn't do that much work and you got paid so much more. Like it's actually mind blowing. So I want to share that because it's a different mindset and I, and I was just intrigued by it. I was like, wow, this is like something that you always see as a negative. And all of a sudden I'm seeing it in a different conversation and it's making me think different. And I think like when you're sort of scaling up, there's so many things like I know that I just don't know. You know, when I hear like a new concept like this, I'm like, wow, I don't understand that. And so I'm understanding this. Understanding this for me is like, maybe it's getting me closer towards me being able to make 10 million per year, you know? I'm not saying me making 10 million per year is fair. It's not like I'm gonna actually work 10 times harder than what I'm working now. I'm working at what do I need to do in my business to make it even more unfair on how much I get rewarded for the work that I put in. Does that make sense? And um, like when you're saying it out loud, it sounds like a terrible way of thinking about it, but it, it's, it gets your mind thinking. Like it gets you thinking about, I mean, like how many people do you know that say like hard work will always pay off? Just work hard, just show up and work hard. Hard, hustle, 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 hustle. Don't stop hustling, hustle more, post more, post five times a day, fucking stop posting. Like post, 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 always be posting. You know, I hear all this stuff all the time. And when I start looking at this, I'm like, yeah, yeah. I know there's people that post a lot more than me all the time and they've got less followers than me. You know, I know there's people out there and they're not knocking on doors and they're making more sales calls and stuff than me and they make less money and less sales than I do. You know, so it's, it's just not fair. It's not a fair world. And you're building something that's just not fair. So yeah, something totally different. So I hope that gave you a really good insight, especially like, you know, you see a lot of educators out there and they're like, I make seven figures in my business and this and that. And it's like, what does that actually look like? Because honestly, when I first started, I thought it was a lie that people made that much money in a business, especially if it's just a solo entrepreneur with a small team. No one breaks it down. And so I needed someone just to break it down for me so I could see it. One thing I never talk about is, you know, I didn't really have a dad that ever had a job. So I had to learn how to get a job. I didn't know anyone that had a business. I learned how to build a business, but I did not know anyone in my world when I was 20 years old that ran businesses you know, making a million dollars. I didn't know anyone, making $100,000 from the business. I didn't know anyone that ever did that before. You know, not in my world. So making a million dollars, I didn't know anyone that's ever done that. $10 million right now, I don't know anyone that's done it personally. You know, I, I mean, I know of them and I've talked to people that do, definitely. And I've talked to people that have lots of money, but I personally, I'm not like mates, best friends with someone that right now has a 10 million plus business. And so sometimes we turn to podcasts and YouTube and all these different things so we can listen to somebody else that's done it. And sometimes we just need that true insight. Like what does it actually look like? So I hope this helps. If it does and you enjoyed today's podcast episode, don't forget this show only grows by you sharing it. So if you want a screenshot, share it on Instagram, tag me at jialong.co so I could go and say hello. I'd love to see it out into the world and I'd love to see from you. Big thank you and I'm going to see you next week.